The following message was recorded as part of the morning worship celebration of Lake Oconee Presbyterian Church in Eatonton, Georgia. More information about the ministries, staff, and worship offerings of Lake Oconee Presbyterian Church can be found on our website at www.lopc-pca.org. I want to ask you to take your Bible and turn with me to two passages of Scripture this morning. The first one is in Psalm 100, and the second one is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Psalm 100, and then we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll be reading verses 1 through verses 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to ask you to stand with me, please, as we read the Word of God. And let me remind you, this is... The inerrant, infallible, holy word of God that we're reading this morning. Listen from Psalm 100, these words. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. And we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pastures. And from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read these words. Verse 1 and following. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. But the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and it gives them to each one just as he determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and Though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the spirit to drink. Father, this morning, would you open our eyes to your word, encourage your people here, Father, about ministry, the importance of ministry, the importance of serving you with gladness. 
Thank you, Father, for what the Holy Spirit will do here. Open our minds, our hearts, our ears, that we can see from your law. Your word would teach us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Someone a while back compared the church to a football game. There are many people at the game. They're sitting in the stands, some 100,000 people, watching 22 people on the field who desperately need rest. Those in the stands are cheering them on. And those players go into a huddle on the field to determine their play of their next move. They huddle only long enough to know what the next play is. It's a team effort. The common goal is to get the ball over the goal line and score. This morning, we're experiencing something that we have never experienced in the life of this church. That is a ministry fair. There are over 20 different ministries that are represented here among our church this morning. This morning, we're going to tell you what's going on in the huddle. Because we want you to get out of the stands. We want you to join us on the field. We want you to know what's going on and how you can benefit through using your spiritual gifts and your natural abilities and your talents that God has so gifted you with so that you might glorify and exalt him with all that he's given you. This morning we read Psalm 100. And it says there, serve the Lord with gladness. Some translations, worship the Lord with gladness. But I'm intrigued by that word gladness. Because if we're going to be serving the Lord, that should be the attitude of our heart and how we go about serving the Lord with gladness. And to be very blunt with you, sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes we hear the opposite. People have responsibilities in a church. They have responsibilities in a ministry. And you hear things like, well, I don't want to go to that meeting. That's too long. It takes too much time. Well, we waste a lot of time there. And probably some of that is true. But the joy is understanding what God has called you to do, how God has gifted you, and what God wants you to do, and your accountability to the Lord for what he has given you to serve him. Now, I want to ask you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And you might want to jot some notes down on the sermon outline that's included there in your bulletin this morning because I'm going to give you a lot of information. We're going to go very quickly over the next few moments. And I'm going to cover a vast topic in about 20 minutes of spiritual gifts. And notice with me, if you would, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, of the different gifts that Paul mentions here. Now, if you study the context of 1 Corinthians, one of the things that you see is that it was a church that was filled with problems. There were lawsuits going on. There was adultery going on. Divorce was happening. They couldn't get along with one another. They were eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols. There was just all sorts of problems in this Corinthian church. 
And so Paul in chapter 11 begins to talk about the Lord's Supper and the grace of the Lord's Supper. And then in chapter 12, he brings the church together by saying that they're a body. And this body has many members. And each of that persons in that body has been given a spiritual gift. Now, what is a spiritual gift? Dr. Bruce Bugby, who is in president of Network Ministries, defines spiritual gifts like this. He says, a spiritual gift is a divine ability distributed by the Holy Spirit to every believer according to God's design and grace for the common good of the body of Christ. Can I say it again? It is a divine ability. It doesn't come from us. It comes from God. A divine ability distributed by the Holy Spirit to every believer. If you're a Christian, you have at least one spiritual gift. At least one. Probably several. And he says it is according to God's design and God's grace, not for your good, but for the common good of the body of Christ. Now, I have to tell you that there's a difference between a spiritual gift and the fruit of the Spirit. Both are given by the Holy Spirit. But let me make some comparison, if I may, for just a moment. Spiritual gifts have to do with your service. The fruit of the Spirit has to do with character. Love, joy, peace, patience. Those things we've been looking at over the past couple of months as we've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit. So the spiritual gifts are service. The fruit of the Spirit is character. The spiritual gifts are what a man has. The fruit of the Spirit is what a man is. See the difference? The spiritual gifts are given from without. They come by the Holy Spirit given to us at conversion. The fruit of the Spirit is produced within. One comes from without, the Spirit, the gifts... The other comes from within because the character changes in the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts are plural. There are many of them. You don't, I don't possess all the gifts. But the fruit of the Spirit is singular. It is a fruit basket. Manifestations, virtues that are given to every Christian. And then all the gifts are not possessed by every believer. You only have several of these gifts, at least one, maybe several. The Apostle Paul had many. Jesus had them all. And, and the more you learn about your spiritual gifts, you'll see which gifts that God has given you so that you can function in his kingdom with great, great uh, victory. But not all the gifts are possessed by every believer. However, when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit... Every believer has the variety of gifts within them. Now, the spiritual gifts one day will cease. The fruit of the Spirit is permanent. It will never cease. Even when you go to be with the Lord, that will be your manifestation, your character that will be built. Having said that, that there's a distinction between spiritual gifts 
and the fruit of the Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit that brings both and causes both. And the Holy Spirit gives you a spiritual gift when you are born again. You get it. When the Holy Spirit comes to live within you, he gives you at least one divine ability that's listed in Scripture. We'll look at a couple of them in a minute. Let me say, too, that there's a difference between spiritual gifts and natural talents. Those are two different things. For instance, a natural talent is given to you at birth from your parents. A spiritual gift is given to you when you become a Christian, when you are born again. Now, both of them are to be used for the Lord's service. I hear people say things like this. Well, her spiritual gift is singing. No, that's not a spiritual gift. That's a natural ability that God has given that individual. Because singing is not listed as a spiritual gift in the Bible. Or they'll say their, their spiritual gift is cooking. Boy, can't they cook well? Well, that might be connected with the spiritual gift of serving. But cooking is not a spiritual gift, according to the Scriptures. So we need to look and, and classify the spiritual gifts in three different categories. Chuck Swindoll defines them like this. There are speaking gifts, category number one. Category number two would be serving gifts. And category number three would be sign gifts. Speaking gifts, serving gifts, and sign gifts. Now, I have to tell you that the spiritual gifts are listed in at least four different places in the New Testament. One of them is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Another one is Romans chapter 12. Another one is in 1 Peter chapter 4. And another one is in Ephesians chapter 4. All of them list the spiritual gifts. Now you say, how many are there? I don't really know. Why don't you know? Because they're defined in different ways throughout different passages of the Bible. My best bet is there's 22. Some say there are only 9. Some say there are 18. Some say there are 20. Some say that we don't know because it goes beyond, that they're not all listed in the Bible. But I think I can clearly show you from the scriptures that there are at least 22 that are, that are listed there in the Bible. 22. Now, don't you believe out of 22 you have at least one? Certainly you do. The Bible teaches that, that God has given us. So let's look, first of all, this morning with the speaking gifts. And I'm going to list several of them for you, if I may. There's word of wisdom. It's a speaking gift. Prophecy, which we believe would be equivalent to preaching. Speaking forth the word of God. That's a speaking gift. Evangelism. Being able to go out and introduce somebody to Jesus Christ and know how to say in an articulate manner the gospel so that that person comes to Christ. Pastor-teacher. Teaching is a spiritual gift. Teaching. Serving gifts. Category number two. Administration. Wonderful gift. Being able to be able to organize and administrate and lead people. Exhortation is a serving gift. Faith, a serving gift. 
Giving is a serving gift. Helps is a serving gift. Mercy is a serving gift. Now, maybe I just touched on one that you have. In a congregation this size, probably most of the gifts that you would see manifested would probably be in the category of serving gifts. Administration, helps, uh, mercy, those gifts are very, very common, particularly in this congregation, I know. And then there are sign gifts. And here where it gets a little controversial. Sign gifts such as miracles, such as healings, such as tongues, such as the interpretation of tongues, and so forth. Now this morning, if you are a Christian, you have at least one spiritual gift. It was given to you when you became a Christian. And I want to give you four principles this morning on how you can discern a spiritual gift. Four things that you can do. You might want to jot these down. Number one, first of all, become informed about spiritual gifts. Know what they are. I was a Christian for several years and I had never even heard the term spiritual gift. Someone asked me one day, they said, what is your spiritual gift, Joe? And I said, I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm just a Christian. They said, did you know that you have at least one spiritual gift that God has given you? And I'd never heard that before. And maybe you're here this morning and you're in the same boat I was in. Get familiar with the spiritual gifts. Read those passages of Scripture from 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, and Romans chapter 12. Learn about the spiritual gifts. Secondly, be available for God to use you. If God has given you a gift, a spiritual gift, He didn't give it to you so that it would be dormant. He gave it to you so that you would be able to function in the body of Christ because the body of Christ has many parts and the body of Christ needs you and needs its gift for it to be complete. So be available. Say, Lord, show me the gift and show me an opportunity that I have to to manifest that gift for your glory. Thirdly, be very sensitive in evaluating the effect your gifts have on others. If you think you have the spiritual gift of teaching and you get up and you teach a class and people say, wow, that's really good. That's interesting. You really communicated well. People walked out of there and they learned some things. You probably have the spiritual gift of teaching. Whether it be a child or whether it be a youth or whether it be an adult or whatever category it might be. On the other hand, if you get up and teach a Sunday school class and people say, When's this going to be over? That's probably not the gift for you. But maybe you need to develop it more. And so you get with people who will be brutally honest with you and tell you, hey, here's how it went. Let me be honest with you. Help people that evaluate you and encourage you. Be sensitive to that. Try that gift out. Look for an opportunity that that gift could be used. Fourthly, be in prayer about your spiritual gift. Ask God to reveal it to you. Be willing to exercise it. The gift is not given for your glorification. The gift is given for the common good of the body of Christ. Now let me give you an example of how these gifts work together. How the body functions together. 
let's just say, for instance, that we have a, uh, a congregational potluck dinner. And um, we're outside and we're under the uh, pavilion out there and we're enjoying a wonderful meal together. And suddenly somebody goes through the line and they have a plate full of food and they trip and they just spill that plate full of food on the floor. Let me tell you what the gift of prophecy would say. Well, that happens when you're not careful. You need to be more careful. You should have been more careful. It's prophecy, speaking forth, direct. The gift of service, the gift of helps. Let me help you clean that up. I'm right. Listen, I can get the, I can get a broom right here. We'll, we'll clean it up together. Not a problem. The gift of teaching, you know what he says? You should have had both hands under that plate. You should have been looking where you were going. And don't put your drink on there. That's a dangerous thing to balance. Just keep, keep your balance right there. The person with the gift of help says, I'll cover I'll take your cup with you to where you're sitting, you know. Or, or for instance... The gift of giving. You know what he says? Here, take my plate. I can get another one. The gift of exhortation says, next time let somebody else carry that for you. (laughs) The gift of mercy says, oh, don't feel so bad about it. We've all done that before. I understand the pain. There's more food here. Don't worry about it. Now, the gift of administration, what do you think he says? He says, Bill, would you get the mop over here? And Sue, would you pick us this up? And Mary, would you get another dessert? And, and, and Tom, would you call the carpet cleaners next week and make sure we get it cleaned? And we'll get it inspected for our next meeting. That's the administration. Do, do you see how the various ministries with the gifts blend? Here's the bottom line, folks. We need you. We need your gift. God has given it to you, and you and I will be accountable for how we give and use these gifts. And you're needed. You're needed. Now, I know there are excuses that go through the kazoo. I don't have time. I'm waiting for when when I get this off my plate, or I can do this more, and and I realize that, that time is precious. But let me ask you, What's the real priorities? So you see, I'm talking about spiritual gifts because you need to know what gift you have. Because you need to use that gift in the various ministry that God will call you to here at Lake Oconee Presbyterian Church. But secondly, I want you to understand that there are different types of ministries. Notice what Paul says here, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts... But it's the same Spirit who gives those gifts. And then he says there are different kinds of service, ministries, but the same Lord. As you walk around this church facility today and you see these booths, you see a variety of ministries that this church hosts You see some ministries here that we're involved with as a congregation in the community. And as you walk past every ministry booth, one of the things you don't have to ask is this, am I needed? Because every one of them will tell you, yes, we need you. 
We need your spiritual gift. We need your passion for whatever ministry it may be. Let me tell you a dynamic combination. When you discern what your spiritual gift is, and secondly, you discern what your passion is, and you connect those two things together, wonderful things happen. For instance, if you think your spiritual gift is children, or your spiritual gift is teaching, excuse me, then you need to think about what area of teaching is God leading you to teach. Is it with children? Is it with youth? Is it with adults? Is it with senior citizens? Because you see where your passion is and you connect your gift, that is a dynamic thing. Because you want to do that. You don't burn out. You enjoy that. You are fulfilled in doing that. Because there are a variety of type ministries that you can look at. As you walk through this sanctuary and you walk through this church, you see various ones that are, that are, that are listed here. And let, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, these are only a few. We would love to start other ones. Someone came to me this morning in the back as I was standing by one of the booths. And they said, you know, I've got a burden to start another ministry. I said, well, praise God for that, you know. Because God works through various ministries in different ways. Now, let me tell you what Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 says here. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do you realize that God is working in and through you? God uses people like you and me. To manifest his kingdom here at Lake Oconee. And it doesn't happen apart from God using people like you. What's your passion? What really motivates you? Is it music? Is it choir? Is it praise team? Is it children's ministry? Is it a men's ministry? Is it a woman's ministry? Is it Bible studies for women? Bible studies for men? Is it behind the scenes of being an officer in a church? Is it the gift of helps? Is it handling things in the office? Is it handling websites? The list goes on and on and on and on and on. How God could use you and God gifts you. Now, I think it's important that you know what your spiritual gift is and you use that spiritual gift for your glory. Let me tell you a little story. Happened many, many years ago in a church in Birmingham, Alabama. A friend of mine was pastoring this church, and it was going extremely well, and they were having home fellowship groups, and uh, they were growing, and one particular one was just booming. It was in the south side of uh, Birmingham, and most of the people who were going to this home fellowship group didn't even go to the church. Wow, what a great problem that would be, wouldn't it? What an outreach. And my friend was just teaching, and he's an excellent teacher, but he said the key to it was not his teaching. He said the key to it was they had a home where the individual hosting the home fellowship group had the spiritual gift of hospitality. Now, you know what I'm talking about. When you walk in there, they just make you feel so warm and welcome. And when it's over, you don't feel like you have to rush off. You can stay. And he would say every Tuesday night after the, after the home fellowship group meeting, he said people would stay for an hour, hour and a half. 
They just enjoyed being there. They had their desserts and their fellowship, an extra cup of coffee, and they would sit around. And he said it was just a wonderful environment to be a part of until that couple got transferred. And they moved. And they changed homes, and they put it in a home unknowingly that did not have the gift of hospitality. And he said it began to dawn on me after about two months that it was only me and the host couple that was there at the Bible study. They said, we knew we needed to change. And so we canceled the home fellowship group for a year. And we resurrected it the next year, and we made sure it was in a home with someone who had the spiritual gift of hospitality. And he said, out of that one Bible study, he said, we started two different home fellowship groups because it kept growing and we had to split it. Kept growing, we had to split it. Kept growing, we had to split it. See, that's connecting your gift with your ministry and what God's called you to do. Thirdly, there are different results of ministry. Different results. God doesn't bless every ministry the same. I don't know why, but he chooses to pour his spirit out on certain ministries, on certain churches, and others he withholds that blessing. The same is true with various ministries. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when I was preaching here on Matthew chapter 25 and I talked about the parable of the talents? And I said that there was the, the parable went something like this, that there was a, a uh, uh, owner of the vineyard who went away for a period of time, it was Jesus, and he left the vineyard in control of three different people. Uh, that he had given different talents to. Now, the word talent in the text that I'm using referred to amount of money. And the first one that he entrusted was five talents, five pieces of money. Let's use that term. The second one was three pieces of money. And the third one was one piece of money. The text uses the word talent. We'll call it money. And uh, when he came back, for the harvest, came back to the end time. One of the things he noticed was the person who had five had invested such that it had a 100% increase. Isn't that wonderful? Secondly, there was the one that had three, and he had invested, and it had multiplied 100% as well. But the third one, he had given one talent, one type money to. He went out in the backyard and buried it, and he came back and said, I'm, I was, I'm so sorry. I didn't invest it. I didn't use it. I didn't do what I should have done. I was afraid that you were, you were a, a steward that would, not, would uh, frown upon me using it. And he said, uh, I'm so sorry I didn't use it. You know, God is not calling us primarily to success. He's calling us to faithfulness. To faithfulness. And I believe to see Lake Oconee Presbyterian Church go to a whole nother level, it goes to a level because the body, you, me, understands the significance of using what God has given us for his glory and for his praise. Let me give you four different points before I close, take home points. First of all, this, the Lord has gifted this church with some wonderful people who are very, very talented. Some of you, I stand back and I am absolutely amazed at what you can do. 
your life story, your experience, how God is working in and through you is absolutely amazing. That God has gifted this church with all that would be required for the ministries of this church to function. To serve Him and making it your ambition to serve the Lord and to give Him glory through you. Secondly, there are many ministries displayed here this morning. I want to invite you, before you run off to eat lunch somewhere else, eat it here with us. Take the time to be here with us. Look around these booths. Ask questions. Ask how you can be involved. Every ministry can use you. Take some time to evaluate and pray. Sign up on the list. Have them call you. Have them want to talk to you more and more and more about the opportunities that are available to you. And by the way, if you don't see any booths that you're interested in, come see me. Because I've got some ideas of my own that I'd love to give you. Or if God has burdened your heart with a certain ministry that's not here, that you would like to see a start, we'd love to talk to you about it. Thirdly, I want to personally thank those of you who are investing your lives in ministry here at Lake Oconee Presbyterian Church. Many of you wear more than one hat. Some of you, it's three and four and five hats. And you dearly love this body of believers or you would not do what you do. And you serve the Lord and you serve him well. And you are to be applauded. You are to be thanked. You are the Marines. You are the few, the faithful, the tried. You're the ones that always show up. You're the ones that make it happen. You're the ones who have come out of the stands and you're in the huddle. And you're on the field, and you're making the play, and you're making that happen. And I thank you. And fourthly, for those of you who are looking at investing your life in some ministry, pray about God leading you to the right place at the right time. Pray that he will guide your steps. Talk to someone here this morning. Let them help you. Let them tell you what, how you can get involved. Many years ago, there was a missionary to the Alka Indians by the name of Jim Elliott. And Jim Elliott said this. I've never forgotten this phrase. He said this, and I quote, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Would you think about that? He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep. You can't keep this to gain what he cannot lose. See, we're making an investment not just here. It's an investment in the kingdom of God. Well, let me ask you this question. Would you make a commitment to leave the grandstands and come on the playing field? Get in the huddle. We're telling you this morning as you look at these booths what the play is. But the quarterback is taking the ball. And he's looking to handle it to someone in the backfield. Will you take it? Will you run with it? Will you hear the call? Will you help score the touchdown? Will you obey the call? Your life and my life will be blessed 
and fulfilled as you seek him in glory and praise. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what we read in Corinthians, Paul instructing us concerning spiritual gifts. Father, you have so blessed this church in many, many ways. We thank you. But Father, we know that the ministry can be much more fruitful. Thank you for the vision today that we're seeing of the various ministries. Thank you, Father, so much for giving each one at least one spiritual gift. Father, may we use it to your glory and to your praise. And I thank you, Father, for those who have invested their lives to serving here. Some never get recognition and do so faithfully each Sunday. Bless them. We thank you, Father, for calling us into ministry. And we ask it in Jesus' name we pray.